0: Oh that's cool. And that was our fire pit for like
1: ever. Awesome. Yeah, I have connections.
2: Uh, doing his Ellsworth Cooks thing. Ellsworth Cooks, sponsor of the oh, Meeting nice. Podcast. Thank so you. really, as he would say, nice uh, nice plug, nice transition. Um, but we're excited uh, Jason and I me here today to talk to the Kellys. Uh, it's how we refer to ourselves. The Kellys, yeah. right? Uh, Kelly Bush, Kelly Metris, uh, Marshall Street Grill, Union Tavern, uh, selena's and I talk to you ladies a lot uh, <laughs> online. Yeah. Uh, so many times in my career while we were open, I didn't have time to give people the, the, the space to actually get to know them. So I got to, to, to be introduced and put in front of lots of different awesome people like yourselves but I didn't have the chance to actually sit down and like get to know you as people. And so this is one of the purposes of the podcast is to actually kind of circle back, as we say in the industry, and, and get to know people that I thought were fascinating and a fucking good time. Um, and you ladies were like the mother hens of all of restaurant world, restaurant <laughs> bar world for, for the pandemic. And, and you're who we all went to to, to get the, information to figure out what was going on and to, uh, to figure out what the next pivot for our businesses were going to be, right? Like, uh, so, you know, um, so this is kind of fun and I don't want to talk about the the pandemic too much, but you know, like that's certainly where we started. So like, um, let's start with with Kelly before we get to Kelly and kind of like, let's, let's start with like, I don't know, Selena's and, and how we got to here.
0: Well... I've worked at Salinas for 24 of the 25 years, that it's been open. It's our 25th anniversary. Um, we bought it, my husband and I, 13, this will be our 13th year in business. Um, we met here, had a baby here, got married here, and had this random opportunity. So we were both in um, service fields. I was working, which is how Kelly and I got close, at Hillside in a behavioral treatment um, school, day treatment school. And... He was working at places like The Ark and Heritage, he was running group homes. At the time, shortly before uh, we got to the offer, um, he was running Danforth Towers and had, you know, completely turned it around. And at that point in time, he was like, what I want to do is, I want to open my own group home, Mm. right? And I was like, I can support you with that, like, that sounds fun. And then he did that and he was like, fuck this shit. Right? And he was like, I can't do it. He's like, because there's just too much red tape. And at that point in time, I was getting a little fed up with the red tape where I was, but we were both still working here because neither of those jobs pay well. Sure. Um, and.
2: For the record, you jumped out of two jobs that don't pay well into a job that <laughs> well, doesn't pay well. At the point
0: in time, we knew nothing. <laughs> business owner to business owner.
2: Hindsight is always 20 Keep going.
0: I've more than I think. Well, I always make, Working for Tips, I've always made more. Mm-hmm this is the least amount of money I've ever made in my life. I think I made more as a babysitter, but, um, pandemic, yeah. So yeah, so he, uh, got the offer to become the general manager here and he was looking for a way out at Danforth, and I was just waiting tables and working at Hillside and he was like, should I take it? We're like, well, we're going to open our own place. So we kind of pivoted to be, we had some ideas of opening our own hospitality style business, Mm -hmm. um, what that looked like we were still working on. So I was like, well, we've done everything else in the restaurant between the two of us, and neither of us have done like the back office stuff. So it's a great opportunity. So he went into that job to gather info sure. so that we would have more information when we opened our own place. Um, and only like 10 months later he came home from work. And I actually really enjoyed the story. And he was like, yeah, I saw Alby, the old owner today, and he was like, Do you want to buy the business? And we laughed and we were like, oh, he must have been drunk, and never <laughs> spoke of it. Like, that was the conversation, right? So a couple months go by, and he comes home, and he's like, I saw work." And I was like, I haven't seen in forever. And he was like, he asked if we had the money. And I was like, what? And he wanted a lot for it. We overspent. Um, we had a serious discussion uh, at that point in time. Like, oh, crap. Like, is this something we want to do? And we decided. But up was- until that point, it was not a real We had not talked other than, <laughs> oh, he must be drunk. End of story. Wait. Never. But it was a thing to him, and it was a drunken, passing yeah. conversation. Right. To you. We were just like, "That's insane!" Like his children worked here; like it was weird. Okay. So, <laughs> um, we decided because he had the knowledge that the Vicks may not have of how the business was actually doing, that we could afford to pay what he was looking for in like a convenience fee. Sure. And that you know, in seven years. We would afford to pay ourselves, afford to pay them off, and then in seven years, we would be in a position that we could do what we loved, honestly, and get paid for it. Sure. So we were like, we could step out of the restaurant and go back into, you know, we'll call it volunteer work because it's essentially what you do with your job when you work in the service industry or the public service. Um. So, yeah, so that's how we jumped in. So one day, um, May 22nd of 2011, I found out I was pregnant for my second kid, and May 23rd, I walked into work as the owner, even though my family worked here, and the owner's kids worked here, and friends worked here, and wow. after, I think I was in my 12th year of working here, so it was like, we were like a little family, and it was, it was weird, but yeah, so we jumped into it blind, right, and learned a ton of lessons quick, because no matter what you've done in the business, you don't know what it's like to be on the business. Correct. Um. Yeah, so the first couple of years we had a lot of lessons. There was a lot of tragedy here financially that we had to overcome because we had this giant loan now. So things like, you know, shit floods and you're like, oh, I have to install my own plumbing because nobody will fix the fact that my restaurant keeps filling with shit, right? And
2: the, the, you
0: the just have to and, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't own the building, but I'm installing plumbing because nobody will fix it. Um, and we're like, we just have to keep plugging forward And so that's kind of, that's how we started. And then I think that that kind of leads into where we ended. So like we opened Knox, um, because that was what we wanted to do. And when you buy an existing business, you can't really change a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, we were able to figure that out over the years we've changed quite a bit, but Knox was like, okay, if we had our baby, like, this is what it would have been like if we had gone the other way. so we had that opportunity. We opened Rice, um, the not with East High School students, and that was like a direct connection. It was kind of like a perfect full circle. And then that failed miserably, which was a perfect full circle. And then um, the taqueria. So we had come up with that idea. It was supposed to start in 2020. And so we just opened our first taqueria in Greece in October. And so now we're like, okay, like what are we gonna keep moving forward? Do we want to keep doing this? Um because the of pandemic, even though we don't like talking about it, changed a lot of us in how we look at business and mm-hmm. how we look at our lives and what we're willing to do.
2: It mm-hmm. really has changed a lot in the past two years. Sure. Three years. So yeah, so, yeah, so that's my life story. That's interesting. So oh, and I had four kids along the way. <laughs> just you know, they just kinda happened. They yeah. just keep showing up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a little philosophy. Yeah. Um,
1: where did that come from? Sure.
2: Uh but, but Selena's was kind of like the, uh, the shotgun wedding and then Knox and, and some of the other, those, those were more the, as you were talking about the labor of love. That's where yeah. that, that was where. Well, and
0: for us, Selena's was home. So like the idea, a lot of it was the wrong reason to buy a business, but the idea that like a stranger was going to come in, like he was going to sell it to somebody random. Like we've worked here for so long and we were all so close and sure. it's like, this is home. Mm-hmm. You know no matter what i've done i've worked a ton of places like i've always also worked here i quit like i think i quit four times sure i even quit when uh, we were buying it because aaron was my manager and then <laughs> we shifted into this we about to buy the business and one day oh this is a funny story so i'm at home and we get into it and i was like i quit and he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, I'm not going back there until my name's on the paper. Because nobody knew we were buying it. The owner asked us to keep it quiet mm-hmm. for various reasons, different podcasts. Sure. And I was like, I can't do both. I can't be the waitress, bartender, employee, and be your business partner mm-hmm. in the same space at the same time. Sure. So I was like, I quit. And he's like, well, you're supposed to work a and I was like, that's your problem. Yeah. And like, oh. <laughs> I did work single mm-hmm. to mind that year for free <laughs> because he was hard up. Um,
1: that is awesome.
0: But yeah, I was like, I can't, I can't be both.
2: The definition of bringing your work home. Oh that's awesome.
0: And you kind of set us up for like, okay, well, this is what we're going to
2: be like as mm-hmm. a member. But yeah, no, I like that's so, I mean, so many things to have to figure out. I know you're dealing with that also, Kelly. So like all of us married, dealing with our spouses as our business partners and like what a dynamic that is um, I wouldn't recommend it for everyone no <laughs> it, it but it, 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 it there's ways that it, like it tears down but it also builds up mm-hmm. right and there's definitely a bond there um, oh yeah that, that's I think more specifically is is thankful and useful at the job where you're like I've at least got one person I know I yeah. can count on right
0: I don't know that we could be married to each other with our personalities if only one of us owned the business. Mm-hmm. Because right. you take it home. Mm-hmm. And then that person that's not a part of it doesn't understand what you're going through. Sure. Right? And when you come home at night, yeah, you have the home end of it, right. we're like, we just kind of trade off. And I know what happened at work today, even if I wasn't a part. Like we joke that we'll be at work today all day together. And like at home, I'm like, what to you like how was your day because <laughs> we just have our own responsibilities sure. and like so, so I body know body what body. he's done today but like I wasn't a part of it
1: necessarily because I have my own job to do
2: yeah. I love that all right Cal.
1: yeah hi so my background is theater yeah as well. um,
2: tell me about that I don't know I anything mean.
1: <laughs> oh um, yeah costume design set design okay uh, that was my main focus where'd you go last week. super mm-hmm. yeah and I transferred in. I had done a semester at Potsdam, and it was too you know, Many many things <laughs> didn't work for me there. Came home and did a uh, worked a season at Jiva, mm-hmm. and then went to Oswego. And I was I'd already worked professionally in this field. I'd already done a semester and two weeks of college. So I was very advanced. <laughs> 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 you school. I knew every, everything. Well, yeah. But like all <laughs> new theater students do. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, as the theater department, they're always so like tight. You know, working together all the time, mm-hmm. into the middle of the night sometimes. So I'm like, I need to like get my in because I'm not just not just a freshman. Yeah, right. Um, so I went to my advisor and I was like, "What concentration has the least amount of people?" And she's like, "Costume design has four And for the and I'm like, "I'm going to be a costume designer <laughs> because I have great fashion." I Don't market deficiency. She was an <laughs> entrepreneur. She didn't even know <laughs> it. <laughs> Definitely, but that's how I got my in because there's so many, little. I, it was a pretty decent theater program and everybody had, you know, student pr- things to work and I was every, for every show, yeah. costume designer, so. That's awesome. Yeah.
2: You were like super needed right mm-hmm. off the bat.
1: Yeah. I just needed to be needed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't buy my <laughs> um But again, I worked a little bit outside, like, I um, worked for all the local theaters here in Rochester, I moved to New York for a short time, um, that didn't fit my personality. Our buddies <laughs> at all. Um, I came back and started working with kids because that's what I always wanted to do. I loved it, so I started at Hillside. Mm-hmm. Um, when I met Don, he was trying to buy the Black Pearl, which is not Dickie's. Okay. So I always knew that was in our future on some level. Sure. Um, but it was not. Writing else. was on the wall. Yeah, but I'd never worked. I'd worked at a diner or like a truck mm. <laughs> well, I was 14, and um, it was very inappropriate. Like, I've made it five weeks and I like, even at that age I was like, this is so inappropriate and nobody's doing anything about this behavior, so I'm out. And I went back to
2: Like just boys being bad boys or yeah, just, or like food safety stuff. No,
1: like, no, is like like more stuff like, like like just, the just customers boys being, that I was dealing with
0: being dumb boys. And I was, I, God, in the nineties, eighties, like Yeah, Yeah, I was like at 12.
1: And so I always looked quite a bit older than I was. (laughs) There was a lot of inappropriate behavior. So nothing on management, it was just the customers. Sure, unfortunately. But you know, it comes into what our industry kind of deals with and still deals with that there's just this idea that you can treat weight staff like... Whatever you want. Whatever you want. Um, So, anyway, that was my only, only introduction to this world and then Don worked at Acne I worked with Kelly for a long time and then We started looking at stuff. We looked at a couple places and found went to Damien's one day and We're like, this is exactly what we want. We want a neighborhood pub. We want something. And it was literally on the corner of a neighborhood um, and it just felt it felt right and it felt like it's the right kind of space for us. So we went forward it was a long process to get that and Obviously Don was gonna do everything. I was like, This is your baby, like I'll do the books and I'll make Max Salad. Like <laughs> that's my contribution. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like I just told the story. I so I'm like, I didn't make the max salad as a normal book. <laughs> um but I said I'll do the books and things like that. I know nothing about this, but as one will keep saying, going into business, you open what you're passionate about, all that other shit, like there's just no way. There's nobody know it, and so I was like, I'll do this thing that I'm completely ill prepared to do because also I don't like math, <laughs> and like I could input everything into QuickBooks, but when it would come time to reconcile, like something's not adding up, but I don't know what any of these words mean, so I can't even like riddle out what I'm doing wrong because what is a cost of goods sold? I still it right. like, wasn't
0: quite as big, right?
1: Like now I feel like you can almost Google it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's no network foreshanddowing. Yeah. there was no network of things to go where I could just ask these questions and not feel like a fucking idiot. Like I should know how to do this. People do this all the time. So that was how I got involved. I loved my job at Hillside, and I always said, like, as long as I love my job every morning, you left it every morning? I did. Not every afternoon. <laughs> oh, okay. Very. Very afternoon. Right. But in like, so the afternoon. Every morning, a bunch of days. Things. Yeah, <laughs> but like every morning, I was like, I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to work with these kids. I was a behavioral specialist, so I wasn't stuck to one class. I wasn't stuck to one thing. I was wherever I needed to be, or wherever they needed me to be. Um, and then a day came when I didn't. And I was like, this is time to go, because they deserve, they deserve my best. And if I can't get my best, I gotta go. Mm-hmm. Um so I gave them a three-month notice because my job was very specific. Mm-hmm. Um so and I needed that time. Um and I was like, we were doing really well. And it was year two of Marshall Street and so I left and started started to work behind the bar and learned what that was all about. And that lasted about <laughs> it's about two years. And then I said we were driving down, we were going on a cruise, we were taking my parents and Don's parents for their respective anniversaries. And we were driving to Baltimore, and I was like, oh, well, it's a long trip. <laughs> so, by the way, I don't do this. Like, <laughs> that's just my time. I was working days, and it wasn't that busy. And it was like, there's so many things. Like, your, your night, you're doing the thing, you're the face, everything's great what you're doing, but like, I don't enjoy it, I'm not good at it. And, and day bartending is a separate beast, right so i'm not i'm not consistently busy but i'm also thinking like i really want to build this catering program and i really want to do events and do all these things mm-hmm. i need to be in my office because now i actually right. know math and can do things sure and, and this is standing here because i've got three people it's just not it's not the best use of my time right i like football i like bartending football right. i walk home with hundreds of dollars, so i'll keep that but really we gotta i want to work to this new area because now i'm actually learning about this industry i'm learning sure. the things that, that i like i always knew i liked sitting and drinking and eating but you know business ownership is different and that's kind of when i got involved with the restaurant association too It was like okay i want to learn right i'm ready to learn
2: that's a, but you you, you kind of like you spoke to a, a very important point. And like, as a business owner, we all talk about it all the time, the, the ability to work on the business mm-hmm. and not in the business. Mm-hmm. You, we all have to work as owner operators, we have to work in the business just as a means of making the books work, right. but also like quality and consistency yeah. and everything else, right? But when do we get to to work on the evolution of it, how it gets better, how it gets more efficient? how right. to improve culture and all of these other things that are very very important yeah oh by the way still doing the books
1: right yeah, yeah. i
0: like doing the books
1: i you do too to i love it out. i'll never give that up
0: people um, are like you can pay a bookkeeper for like less right. than you should be charging yourself and sure I'm like, yeah but it keeps now that i'm not on site all the time um, it keeps my
1: hands in the money yeah mm-hmm. and i know and i can i can I can see what's going on sure see the patterns yeah um uni tavern was something we both wanted i wanted something that felt more me, mm-hmm. um, and Don always had this idea of like, we created a really great space where everybody feels welcome at Marshall Street, and all walks of life, but where can they go on a nice date and have a steak, and not be judged for what they're wearing, and can come in however, they, however they're leaving work, or however they're comfortable, so we mm-hmm. wanted a space like that, and he always said, I want a brass and fern, I was like, those are just words, and he's like, you know the last episode, like the last scene of Law and Order, when the lawyer just won a big case, or he lost a big case because it looks the same. And he's drinking the whiskey and (laughs) it's dark and there's like brass rails and ferns. So we looked at a couple places and then went into the reunion and I'm like, there's a brass 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 rail, (laughs) (laughs) ferns, I think it's perfect. Uh, And I had loved uh, that space for years. I thought that was the first place I ever had a drink before I was legal. Okay. So. After you were legal. (laughs) Right, depending on it's of yeah. a yeah. I, I think we're okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so it, I just loved it, and he came in and was like, "Yeah, this is this is good." So we, we bought that, and that's cool. That's how Union Tavern started, and then we opened um, in July of two thousand nineteen. Go pandemic! Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, February February twenty twenty. We're like, "We're oh, doing good for a it, February. This is amazing." Mm-hmm. So I think I housed it. Yeah, fast forward. Fast We're all so successful post pandemic. <laughs> yeah, I'm out
0: of
2: business. <laughs> uh, but we know, like, but like, I love the idea of right out of the gates that you kind of had this this recognition of the organized ability of finding information. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and like you identified that even prior to joining the Restaurant Association, just through your own experiences mm-hmm. of, of opening up. And, you know, it's it, like that's a very hard thing, right? Because you, you talk about plumbing and, you know, how much all of us have had to deal with, whether it's plumbing or electric or basic carpentry or uh, you know, all of these things People. that have nothing to do with food and have nothing to do with a guest experience that they're going to, like, come be like, I went on Yelp today and I talked about the plumbing at Salinas, and it's like, no, okay. it's not what Oh I, my gosh, but it's, but it's somebody critical. tagged us, there's a
0: sink or swim site on Instagram, okay. and our bathroom sink got tagged. Love it. And I was like...
2: There used to be there used to be a clean bathroom <laughs> account. There used to be a clean bathroom twi- uh, 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 Instagram account, and we, I woke up one day and we were on it. They were like, "Nice bathroom, clean uh, 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 child, children's changing area, and all uh, children's step stool to get to the sinks." And I was like, "Well, we did something right? I mean, you are going to
0: send it.
2: My, my my wife felt really accomplished about that, and she wanted all the moms and families to be but, like, again, like, another thing that you don't necessarily think about as a customer. but mm-hmm. and, and so you go beyond that. Like, okay, so regulatory stuff and pre-pandemic. Like, yeah. just, like, everyday stuff to get permits and uh, licenses. And I mean, we're not even talking about alcohol yet. We're mm-hmm. talking about just Basics, operating yes, a business, yes. right? Yeah. Um, so what got you into the restaurant association?
1: Um, somebody had come into the, rest, come into Marshall Street and talked about it. And I was like, oh, you know what? Tavern Fifty Eight, one of our favorite restaurants. So they had an event space and I was like, oh, okay, I want to check that out anyway. So we went and it was this guy named Scott DeLuca, who's mm-hmm. no longer with the restaurant association, which is too bad. cause he's amazing. He's a labor law attorney. Yeah. So we sat there and he went over like all of these horrific things that you need to know that you can be sued for, like, because you don't know this when you go into business ownership that all of this stuff now you're legally accounted for accounted for and got to like employee meal time and we were all and we we're all like, none of that makes sense. Like I have to give them a break, like at their busiest time, it's bananas who wrote this right. still in like 1940. Right. So I was like, I need to know because I don't know any of this shit. Like I just figured out how to make like a, a Jack and Coke appropriately. Like I don't know. Like this is horrible. I need to know more. Because I'm really, really paranoid about breaking the law and anxious in general. So I needed, that was like an outlet for me to get all of the information. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea that it would come in as handy as it did. Sure. I knew that I trusted this organization to give me what I needed to be able to be a successful business owner. Because I always say, like, we're great partners. Don keeps people coming in. I keep us out of jail. Right. And that's, like, I needed to know actually how to do that. Because I thought I was doing it right and I wasn't. And
2: it's... And there's so much, like everything nowadays, misinformation out there, mm-hmm. or or um, a misinterpretation of a, a a piece of information.
1: Well, people will Google stuff and they'll be like, "Well, this is from a law firm." I'm like, "It's still not, it's still not true." Right. I'm sorry, or it's from a law firm in a different state. Like,
0: right? It's like everything on the internet. Mm-hmm. You have to verify your sources, or it's but not if, hospitality because there's a whole
2: other rules for those. So, and I think also, and one of the things that I appreciated about Rochester when I got here. And, and you two can speak to this more than I can, because I was an outsider coming into it. But I kind of came from the restaurant scene in Syracuse a little bit, which felt a lot more uh, adversarial, right? It felt a lot more like the rising tide does not raise all boats. Yeah. If you're doing good, that means I'm doing bad. And so when I came to Rochester, there was much more of like a... a, a also in Rochester, it feels like there's more of an independent restaurant scene, mm-hmm there was where I came from I mean, even coming from uh, you know I worked with Possibilities in Syracuse the shining star of independent restaurants in, in that whole city right um, but I got out here and it was like oh man like everybody's like super like buddy buddy and chilling and like that's great Um and so even in that you still kind of feel silly asking people some questions about some stuff sometimes, right? But it felt like during the pandemic, especially on those Zoom meetings that we were on all the time and whatnot, like people were definitely like sharing whatever that they had Mm -hmm. to just do whatever they could to, because you know, it's at the end of the day, it's your livelihood, it's your home, it's your thing, it's everything, it's it's what you put all of your time and energy into in a way that a lot of even your employees, don't really have a, a full grasp of like they see you here all the time they see you putting it in but the, their full grasp of it right. isn't really there right so it was cool to be in the pandemic and be like this these two ladies they get it
0: yeah. well we actually started bossy um because of our connection at hillside so we used to get together and have like, breakfast or happy hour or dinner or whatever to because it. You know, you can't talk about that stuff. A, you can't talk about it with other people for privacy reasons, but you can't talk about it because people just don't get it. And you know, like I had a desk thrown at my head today. Like I used to love coming into Selena's and waiting tables after work basically. Like, like, <laughs> but I like, had the same process after my kids. I was like, wait, I can fix your issues. Uh-huh. Like you don't like this, and I'm gonna get you something you've gotta like, and you're gonna be happy, and you're not gonna threaten my life, and I can have a stapler and a tape dispenser, right? Like. And so we would get together and just be able to share our frustrations or our pride or whatever, ask questions and be like, oh, I got this kid and you know this kid and like, how do I? And so we had that. And then when we both opened businesses with our husbands, like a year apart, the conversations, like we kept meeting and our conversations kind of shifted to oh, I have this issue, have you dealt with this yet? Do you have any insight, you know? Did you like, know this is a law? Yeah. Like, yes,
1: yeah. a of hours, they're just trying to this together, is this really a thing?
0: Yes, they're, they're lying.
1: <laughs> so we
0: would get together and then it kind of shifted to that. And one day we were sitting at Shamrock Jack's having dinner and especially bad day for both of us. And like almost in tears, just like, oh my God, what are we doing? And we talked about how good we both felt every time we left. And, like, you drag yourself to these meetings with each other, and you don't want to go anywhere. I just want to lay on my kitchen floor and ice cream. Like, but you're like, I'm going to go meet Kelly. And then I would leave and be like, oh, feel so good. Like, there's somebody that gets it. And you're like, I wonder if out there, be... and for us particularly, like, we were both in male-dominated fields, especially over a decade ago, with our husbands. So we would go in meetings, and people just look past you. And to this day, they look past me and I find it hysterical because if I'm in the meeting, I'll be like, I don't know, Kelly, what do you think? And they don't even know that I'm his wife. They don't ask who I am, they don't care. And I'll be like, yeah, I gotta think I'm this. Like, I don't like the way you handled that. <laughs> like, but they don't value you. It's a societal issue. So we were like, I wonder if there's other women that would appreciate this feeling mm-hmm. that we have every time we leave. And so we just threw together a happy hour and invited a couple of people in this room this is. In this room. Um. And Bossy was born. and like, everybody laughed, just like. And wh- whether you're making jewelry in your basement or you have fifty employees, so many of the issues are the same.
1: Sure.
0: Right, and there's definitely yeah. a divide of having employees and not having employees, having a brick and mortar and not having a brick and mortar. But all of the base issues of having a business mm-hmm. are the same. Sure. And so everyone laughed, like, "Oh my god, what are we doing this again?"
1: Right.
0: And so that's how it. So we started off already in this process of sharing information.
1: Sure. And
0: just like, threw up a Facebook group, like a private group, and once a month we get together, and it's grown, it's over 500 women now. That's we're cool. actually um, consolidating to smaller groups. Um, we're expanding out to involve people who are not women. Um, in oh, chapter. Because wow. especially during the pandemic, there was a huge shift of like, well, I need that too. You know, and when we're, we're st- reaching out. I right. I said it all the time. It's like, well, <laughs> so
1: used to people always coming, women coming to us because of Bossy, or they knew about Bossy, and then all of a sudden the pandemic happens. I'm like our knowledge is has you value. Know, yeah. We want to share with as many people as possible because it is a very collaborative area, and like the pandemic made that even more so. Where you know we all started to realize that you know we all do the right thing probably well, like quality businesses bring quality people so would mm-hmm. be nice for your neighbor mm-hmm. more good people are going to come because not everybody can eat out at your restaurant every night but there are people that eat out every night so like let's all work together
2: so the, the what you were just talking about with regards to, to bossy i think is really cool too uh this this consultation uh thing that you're doing with it right this, this service that you're providing and i think that's the important part of it right because mm-hmm. you said that the knowledge that you have and the service that you want to help provide has value, right. right? And it is a a little bit of a slippery slope for a person, especially when the people that you're going to talk about trying to consult to, a lot of times the first customers that you're going to try to get are going to be your, your friends and your like sort of close inner circle. Mm-hmm. So like that can be a, a difficult thing to navigate about like, okay, so I'm going to charge you because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm worth something. Yeah. And, and then that person's like, well, yeah, you're worth something, but are you? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that's the imposter syndrome, right? Like, well, I
2: feel I, I live that every yeah. day. Like,
0: am mm-hmm. I good enough to share? And, and I kind of laugh because I really kicked in during the pandemic when people and businesses would reach out and be like, I'm going to help you navigate the pandemic. And yeah. I was like, where the fuck have you survived a pandemic? <laughs> right. That right. you can help me navigate a pandemic. Like, <laughs> fuck you. And you're an employee for a business. Like, you have no idea. Yeah. Sure. And, like, that really was like, no, I can help you navigate right. a pandemic. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So it was cruel, you people during the pandemic that thought they could, you know, because I've actually done it. Right. And, like, here's what I've done, here's what I know, here's what I can help you with. Mm-hmm. So for Bossy, we actually are charging this year. So we're, we're creating a, a paid model, and for us, it's we don't want to charge for a thing, you know? But it is more, if we just charge everybody a fee to join the group, we'll continue to share our knowledge for free and, and have these, mm-hmm. these moments for whoever wants to take advantage of it. But then we're not like, okay, well, my fee is, I mean, my fee is 50 bucks an hour, right? right. Like, I'm not doing anything for less than 50 bucks an hour because it's taking away from something else. Sure. I, that's I don't important. think even I- that's probably too low.
2: But even that's an important concept, right? And that, like,
1: Mm
2: -hmm. man, uh, what an important thing! Just the concept of what is your time worth, right? And and uh, what is it? It, So, what is your time worth? But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're just going to take that amount just to give up anything either, right? right? Like, uh, that's that's, all of that is super interesting to me. But so, so from a uh, a, a, there's there's this very communal. there is this very uh, um, mentorship kind of feeling that you both very much are like hold dear to you as as far as like helping people grow, yeah. right? And and sharing the the experiences that you've had, the struggles that you've gone through. And I mean, our failures
1: are just as valuable. Like those, more so. so. What we've learned from that is is huge. huge. Oh God. <sighs> Very expensive too. I mean, you know, that kind of fits into what am I worth? Like, where, am I, what if I had to give up to get to this point? Yeah. So yeah, it's not fifty; it's one hundred and twenty-five an hour. I can still
0: make it though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and
2: you know, uh you, you know, you talk about you know, just as a a, a, a
1: person having a partner working with them and, and and living with
2: them, and you throw in kids and 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 how that certainly. You, encapsulates all of your time all by itself, right? Um, how how has that been, uh, and how have you uh, dealt with that? How, how how has the 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 day to day evolved? Because it's because that's exactly what it is. It's an evolution day to day,
0: mm-hmm.
2: week to week, year to year, month to whatever, yeah. right? like.
0: Well that's one of the places that Kelly and I are different in, which is an amazing um, insight too, is that Kelly doesn't have kids and I have a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So you know collectively we have an average amount of kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when when Aaron took the GM job back in 2009, mm-hmm. um we had a very serious conversation. So my dad was a truck driver, and I love my dad dearly, but I never saw my dad. And when my we got older. My dad looked back and was like, "I missed everything." Mm. And so now he is an amazingly hands-on grandpa. Like he is not going to miss shit. And now that there's so many grandkids, it's probably very difficult, right? <laughs> like, but yes. he's like, "I am attending everything. I missed everything, everything." Mm. Um, he came home a lot of nights, ate dinner as I was going to bed, right? And my mom stayed home because that's why my dad worked all the overtime. Because okay. that's how he's. Supported the family, right? And so I told Aaron just in that position I was like, to go do this just as a a management position at a restaurant. Mm -hmm. You're not going to miss our kids. You're not, I'm not going to let you come out the other end and be like I missed it all. Mm -hmm. So we had had that conversation and built it into our restaurant life ironically at Selena's, not knowing that that's where we were going to end up going, right? So his schedule and how, and I I talk to people all the time, it, it doesn't always mean that you're home for but making sure that yeah. you're home. So, you know, we're flexible because of the restaurant industry. So we are both there almost every day for breakfast. Right. Right. So we all get to have breakfast together. We get to go to all of the functions because we're flexible. And just because it's non-traditional
2: doesn't mean it's not bad. Right.
0: And it doesn't have to be we sit down at 5 o'clock and have dinner. Right. But we are going to participate and we are going to be flexible. And that means that I have to go into work afterwards or I go a different, you know, and, and we just work with it. So... For us, it was a model that we had already made, and then that was what everything else was centered around. So I think that we run our business very different than a lot of restaurant people, and especially different from a lot of restaurant people with kids. Sure. But that was made that way. So we split a lot of the responsibilities, especially early on. So mm-hmm. someone was always home as much as possible, like not Friday and Saturday nights until we had a team, but like the other nights, it was only one of us gone, or one of us would go in the daytime, and one of us would go in at night. And then also prioritizing your relationship in that and making Mm -hmm. sure that you do see see each other, Mm -hmm. you know, and you do spend that quality time together, which is not easy. It's almost harder than navigating the kids. But yeah, our business model is around our family. Yeah. And we went into that already having a
1: kid.
2: Sure. So uh, fully, uh, uh, you know, intertwined. Yeah. not, Not separate in any way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you get what you pay for. And
0: honestly, because of my parents, right? So my mom, like my mom, wanted to be a mom mm-hmm. and like wanted to be a grandma, and like that's what she wanted. So I never had daycare. I never had to deal with. I mean, I did for one, but that's for legal issues. But I never had to worry about who was going to take care of my kids, who was going to pick up my kids, because they've always been willing and able to be like, oh, you have a meeting today, you're not getting out of time. I'll grab the kids for your you, sure. you know, I've never struggled with that.
2: Big support structure.
0: Which is really right. hard if you're in the industry and don't have that. Yep. So like daycare's huge. It's even huge for my employees because mm-hmm. it's nine to five. And like how do you build out, in a business that is very women focused, just in the hospitality industry in mm-hmm. itself, which women tend to end up having kids, like how do you stay in that and continue to be able to support your family in a way that you're there?
2: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and you also talked, you know, it's, it's important to uh, to also find the balance with your partner.
1: Right. So I don't have that kids. Right. so not that we work hard, we just tend to work more because we have that, yeah. that time available. Um, so very early, we were like, we need an hour each day where we just don't, like, we do something, if it's grab lunch, and we don't talk about work, and we like, something to talk like, no, no, like we have to have that because it's so important and we had very specific jobs. So they think that really helps when you're, when you're partnered, like this is what well, you go, you go to this for Kelly, you go to this for not. Um, so that was really important. And then once other businesses started opening up, it was even more important. So it wasn't necessarily, we have this hour cause we're working together all the time. Now we're working separately. Like we need days like I need to know that Thursday night, like, and everybody knows like Thursday, you don't call that like really. And the they have all of like, everybody just has to figure their shit out. Right. Like, that is that is our time. Um, and like I said, there's also when we're when we're talking, one of us is complaining. So it's like, do you want me to respond as your wife or as your business partner? It's so important. Both both are important, but so both bad. are very different. Um, but because. That's we're so intertwined with what we're doing, like.
2: And dudes are simple. We need to understand that there's a that like there's going to be a different answer, mm-hmm. right? Both answers are valid. Yeah. Like but we, we're sensitive, weird people,
1: and uh-huh. we we need to be treated with such. Yeah, and I'm here to comfort and like, <laughs> like I
0: totally. But would also, care. business is business.
1: That's yes,
2: to
0: you know. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, you keep singing.
1: Yeah, shut should and get back to work. Right. but I empathize with you, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I feel
2: your pain. Yeah. Um. So, like, that's. But you also just got back from a cruise, yeah. so you're 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 also finding time for personal enjoyment right. outside of mm-hmm. it as well. So that's great too. Yeah. So where'd you go? Oh,
1: we went. We went to like San so I didn't care where we we're going, but we hadn't gone away since December of 18 before we opened Union and then the pandemic. And, and it's funny because people see us going places all the time, but it's, you know, a, com- a restaurant association conference or something. It's always for work. You go away on a town. that's be nice. Mm. Um, and I'm like, well, no, it's work, right. thank you, like this is a trip, yes, mm-hmm. and you know, and this, in, I have to go to Manhattan every year in March, it's wonderful, but it's like a conference and there's a board meeting and there's things that I have to do when I'm there. Yeah. We're um, just fortunate enough to be able to bring our spouse because we don't right. with them. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, so this was something where we're like, we're going, we're just going, I don't care where it's going. Getting one of them really long extended balcony rooms. Cause I may not want to talk to anybody by that point <laughs> because it's tough and it's only oh gotten this industry has gotten so horrible since the pandemic, it's such a struggle. Mm. It always feels like work. It's never really just feels like oh like it used to. Yeah. Um so it's like I just need to know that i look <laughs> like, we don't spend money on ourselves a lot. We just we're we're just gonna do this. So we went to like seven different islands. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, you gotta have the time. Oh, it's wonderful.
2: A little bit of sun, mm-hmm. whatever recharges the
1: soul. Yeah, and I need like, it. I need get long. I need two weeks because I need to like the first weeks, couple,
2: couple days. days. <laughs> do, do do you plan like the vacation from the, like a couple of days post vacation to like get back into the
1: swing of things? No, I agree. or do you like from plane? Well, toward... we joked about that because we <laughs> shut down Archer Street because we we just bought the building. Okay. So we bought the building in uh, end of September. So now, after thirteen years, we can actually now do stuff to the property. So we shut down and we did bathrooms, we did some cooler space and a bunch of stuff. So we were like ready. So Don went in. We didn't get home till late. So the next day, Don went in and I went to the union to kind of get everything set there. And I was like, "That's just scratchy." (laughs) (laughs) The next morning, I wake up and I have COVID. <laughs> was like, oh, God, fuck and I, just, I was like, do you have like
0: easy COVID at least? No, I was like, Oh, dang. how nice would it be to get easy right? COVID after mm-hmm. vacation? Because then you can't go
1: into work, but you can still get caught up right, in not like right. the stress. Oh no! I was everyone turned on when you right out in out. Out. Like, Couldn't do a thing. It was terrible. That's terrible. I was so mad. Oh. <laughs> just like, <laughs> <I'd rather laughs> be at work. Horrible. But
2: yeah. So that's it. So okay. So now uh, twenty twenty three. We're. <laughs> Thankfully, post-pandemic-ish, mm-hmm. um, what's the state of the industry? Like, what, like, I, I have feelings about where I think the industry is and where I think it's headed. I, I feel like a lot of that can be viewed as sour grapes, being that I'm not open anymore. Yeah. But I, I, I had these feelings even prior to us closing. I, you know, I think, like
0: you alluded to, the pandemic changed a lot. It did, but honestly, it changed a lot, but a lot was already changing. So, like, our plans for growth and expansion were started before the pandemic, but they're more relevant now. Mm -hmm. So, like, we already thought that the trajectory was going that way.
2: So, speak to the things that you're talking about specifically. So,
0: I think that, I mean, you're always going to have fine dining, um, and it's a different fine dining than it used to be. Like, growing Mm -hmm. up, like, fine dining was the only dining, Mm -hmm. right? There was, like, a handful. I think there was, like... We would go to Carmine's if it was like a nice meal, and if we were just going out to eat, it was like Shailer's. Yeah, but even that was like fancy because we didn't go out to eat. Right, like I said, like my stay-at-home mom, I to at her dad. Like we bake dinner every night. Um, so there's obviously like that shift is not going away to casual dining, um, but it's too expensive to run a restaurant, mm-hmm. and it was getting too expensive before the pandemic, mm-hmm. and now it is way too expensive mm-hmm. to be able to charge for casual dining what the casual diner wants to pay. So while you expect to pay high prices when you go out for fine dining, right? I'm going out to this amazing new restaurant. It's gorgeous. I know my bill is going to be in three digits. Sure. Right? You're going to have all of it and you're going to love it. It's a special occasion. But when you're just grabbing dinner every night, like Kelly was saying, there are people who eat out every night but they can only afford so much in their budget to eat out every night. Yeah. And I can only afford, or I can only charge so much for a taco. So while like, every business advisor I work with is like, you need to raise prices. I'm like, there's only so awesome much you can do. Well, if it, costs, if it costs <laughs> this much to make a taco, you need to charge people for that. And I'm like, I get that. But then I don't have customers mm-hmm. because they can't afford my taco. And I need to sell more tacos to pay for everything else. Right? So it's like that that struggle. And I've talked to my employees a lot about it. And it's just something that if it continues on this trajectory, places like this can't exist, mm-hmm. they can't. Mm-hmm. We have not had a profitable month since March of 2020. I have not made like a nine. Mm-hmm. I have lost significant amounts of money. And the only reason we are still open is because of the funding that the government put out and we sure. were able to stretch it. But now that is going away. Oh. And you're like, it's 2023, if I don't turn shit around, right. what do I do? Right. You know, and then, you know, there's things like, you know, Payroll and I'm all about paying. I've always paid above living wage mm-hmm. for this area, and there's only so much you can afford to pay, mm-hmm. you know, and it just keeps going up. So, to give a good example, when I opened the restaurant, our payroll was, and we have less employees working right now. We have the same amount of kitchen employees, but less front office employees. When I opened the restaurant, um, it was $7,000 a week, mm-hmm. and it is currently
1: $17,000 a week. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it's I mean my great And it's not just here. what you're paying; it's it's taxes. I mean, yep. since the pandemic,
0: yeah, the government problems. gets more tax money out of me because yeah. I have to pay taxes mm-hmm. on every employee I pay. Which right. no one tells you that mm-hmm. you have to pay taxes to have employees and to pay them, mm-hmm. and then I also have to pay taxes on everything else in my own pay. Right. So it's like people don't understand that there is actually a tax you pay
1: on having payroll. hmm mm-hmm. <laughs> And the payment <laughs> tax tripled after the pandemic yes. in the state because we are now all responsible for filling that. Which is a full-time employee. And, they, and, they, and yeah. they, tried to, yeah.
2: they tried to sugarcoat it by saying that, uh, like are not raising
0: rates. They, yes.
2: They, mm-hmm. they, 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 we weren't gonna get like a, like a yearly charge, mm-hmm. but the rates did go up. Right, like, right.
0: Well, they didn't raise our percentage rate. They raised the baseline. Right. right. To mm-hmm. get away with- So just like percent.
2: you were saying, so yes, so the- it's it's not like, the floor didn't come up. The entire sh- thing shifted, mm-hmm. right? And the same thing has happened with with pricing on,
0: and and value and, and, mm-hmm. and what it costs to run a restaurant too. Services this year has been the worst it's been. It wasn't this bad in COVID, mm-hmm. like in deep yeah. COVID. Mm-hmm. Like our how much we were paying for things
1: is worse now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really predicted like for our industry. This is a five year issue. Um, and I think we've talked about it all the time. You'll see more places close now because the funding. There's no more funding. Right. Like they'll, you'll see this. Somebody put out like, there's this new grant. And like it used to be like, oh, I don't really need that right now because I have the PPP. I'm still working off of, or I got this thing right. from the. But now everybody is going for that. Yeah. It going to last right. more than. Hours
0: sometimes before they're closed. And yeah, honestly, at
2: this yeah. point, if it's like $5,000, I'm like, it's like spitting in the bucket. Like, right. like that's. Like, like thanks, <laughs> right?
1: right. and I do that to say go to anybody, right? but uh-huh. is, Dennis, Dennis the
2: Menace, she thinks Mr. <laughs> Wilson for the quarter. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Is it
1: worth my time, or is that, you know, two hours because you had to pull on this other shit? Oh, it's way more than two hours. Right. So the be- time that's. To get the five thousand dollars could I have made a difference and done something different or
2: worked many differently or right. costed something out better so so what are then what what are geez here we go with the p word again
1: that's okay so
2: what what are? how how are how are you pivoting like what is what is the direction that the rochester restaurant scene is is going towards i mean because i think customers do still want to go out right they do still want to be able to have the the experience and, and, you know, I used to talk about this at the butcher shop, right? There is there is a, a very a very large disconnect in a person's perceived value of something versus what it costs to get that thing in front of a person, yeah. right? And... Well, people can
0: there are, there to are, talk Bell, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, and there are I literally
1: braised my meat all day.
2: So there's qualitative issues, <laughs> right? There's process issues. There's so many things that go into this and a lot of it is economy of scale a lot of it is you know you know being a small business versus a large corporation and it's a you know has buying power and so much oh, so yeah. on and so forth and um corporate money
0: behind it but uh alcohol sales mm-hmm. what well, they charge you because you aren't big enough to buy by the
1: case right i mean i think their takeout is here to say i think we were i, I remember know. when we first did our first takeout and i was like a steak like it's disgusting like what are you doing but but we're still selling them so i think that's huge i think quick service is huge tables like you know take and go is going to be huge there are i mean i'm watching places open that are fine dining that i can't i don't even know how people are affording these things but they have at it but i think also it's really looking like what is your business model and are you meeting the community that you're in? You know, sure. we opened a meeting with a with this idea, and it was fantastic. And we really had this like, you know, what 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 are we really doing? And am I actually meeting the needs of this community? Because I think there's some ways that we're not, and mm-hmm. we've made some changes that have been been pretty successful. But I think in the before times, there's this idea like you can run your run your bar, or restaurant. Like I'm gonna be the authority, and I'm gonna tell you what you're what you're going to like and why it's important or i'm going to listen to you and i'm going to buy what you want to buy cuz you would never do that before like you just i'm not going to buy just because you guys all want it like i'm going to be i'm the authority here and now that's kind of shifted and mm. i don't know if it was more ego driven before or just like this if we're the owners you know we have an idea and we we're selling a product that we are really really supportive of and that we really believe in and now we kind of have to take a step back and be a little bit more collaborative with our community, and I think you're starting. The places that are going to be successful are places that are doing that. Sure. And and you take like when we had somebody come in who was a professional and said, "What's your what's your brand?" and I told him, and I know it by heart because we we live it and we believe in it. And he's like, "Yeah, you're not doing that." I was like, "You can go far right <laughs> <laughs> And like I was really pissed off. Cause sure. Because of, it made so much sense and it was successful, but now it's not. And then mm-hmm. I was like, the next day I was like. So sorry. I'm like, no, now <laughs> right. that you've thought about it, you're really right. I'm not eating.
2: But you that. were right in the moment, too. You can fuck right now. Well,
1: yeah, off. no, I did, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, <laughs>
2: good, good for you to like reflect but, on. Yeah. It well, right? And then
1: I was like, okay, we've got this farmhouse. Why are we not celebrating this amazing history? And and like we're doing this whole New England vibe, because that's what we felt on the lake. There's so few places on the lake that mm-hmm. are, that you can go eat, makes no sense. Um <clears> but I also know the history from the very first person that built that was in that property. So I've spent so much time like focusing on that and loving that and nurturing that and turning that into events. I'm like, why aren't you like celebrating that in your food and drink? I was like, I don't know. Yeah. And now I need to figure that out. So mm-hmm. we've really shifted in the last six months to kind of move away from this whole New England vibe, which I think you still feel and see, mm-hmm. but now we're really celebrating. The history of the house, the history of the in of the area, the history of people that live there. So. That's
2: that's cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, but then, you know, fine dining. We'll talk about like bridging, like pairing wines, right. and what they're going to cook and what they're going to serve. And... No,
1: people now want to come in and go. Tell me about this. Yeah, you know, carry that. The ghost sit in here. Who will tell me about like the the sea pipe about the, the Great Lakes pirate because that was the first owner of the building. Like just now they want. They're coming from the history, and sure. now we're know more about this great experience. Oh, it's amazing! I'll tell you all about it. Okay. <laughs> but now they, now they know that we're passionate about the history, and we're tying that into what we're doing. And now they're coming for that because it's really people's behaviors and habits have changed, and you have to, you have to really figure out what people are spending money on and why they're spending money because they're not just spending money anymore. But it's I think you, you
2: touched on it with the emotional connection with your customer, mm-hmm. right? And I think that. Uh, we all kind of found a little bit of that during the pandemic. and we're all trying to figure out how to maintain that now is, you know, um, you know there was a lot of this let's like let's support, right? right? Okay, so we got your support okay. and we appreciated your support. So now how do we translate what was a, a lifeline to keep us afloat into right. something that can be nurtured and and, and move forward continuously, right? Okay. Um, and uh, you know, the, 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 culture within your business, the culture that you, um, that you inhabit in, in the, like you talked about, like, what is your business model? Who are you? Can you say it? Can you, uh, enunciate it to somebody in a way that they're going to understand? Um, and do they resonate with it? Cause if they don't resonate with it, it doesn't matter. Yeah.
1: It could be the best idea in the world, but if it's not, if it's not translating to the people that are coming in your door, that's the point. Right. Anymore. and are you gonna have
2: enough of a, um, a a tempered ego to be able to say oh yeah I need to make a pivot I mm-hmm. need to change my thought process
0: right. well, and, and it's funny that you ask the question of where it's going because as somebody that's closed down two places and I know you closed we know why we closed those places mm-hmm. we know why they didn't work mm-hmm. we know what it would have taken to make them work. Mm-hmm. You know, you have that when you're doing it, you know it, and you just keep trying to do it, mm-hmm. and then you figure out why there's a disconnect, and then that choice comes, which is really hard, but a lot of places go through it. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of places that close. Mm-hmm. And I think that those are the people like you talked about consulting earlier, like those are the people if I was opening up a new place that I want to hear from. Right. I want to know why the hands closed. Sure. You know, I want to know why. Everybody loved Knox. I did Knox close. I can tell you exactly what. If you want to open a Knox, mm-hmm. I can tell you how to keep it open and make it successful. Right? See, it's but funny because I just couldn't be the one that did
2: it. My imposter syndrome definitely comes back in <laughs> full <not> there <laughs> because somebody will call me and say like, "Hey, I have a question about a restaurant-related issue. What do you think?" And I'm like. What are you asking me? My place closed. The know. hell do I know? They
1: should a lot more, and yeah. 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 yeah, but like
2: you know, it, it, and, and w- to whatever degree that is true, mm-hmm. that the imposter syndrome that I
1: experience. Is oh like, yeah. No 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 no. I started a consulting business in during the pandemic because I had been doing that, not necessarily legally, just getting paid in trade or mm-hmm. You know. However, um but like I know it's a really tough thing. Like I don't just sharing information and I don't have people that would be like can I just pay you monthly just for a phone like I can just call you like right. up to six times with a question I was like sure you know, I, I guess right. it's bananas but sure. I'll tell you for free I tell everybody like watch me on the news I'm on that like six times a week sure <laughs> but but yeah if that's if that's helpful so there are there are things that people people need all different things and if they are coming to you then there's a reason mm-hmm. that they know you have that information what are the services
2: that you've had troubles with? So, um, you know, because that was one of the common threads that we would see on, like, the, the social media page. Is people would be like, um, you know, whether it was linen services or, uh, you know, various, various, you know, various deli- deli- food delivery services, liquor delivery services. You know, I understand? I understand everybody's uh, dealing with the, the same issues and whatnot, but like, there's always that one thing that came out of nowhere that you're like, I never would have expected this to be the problem. So, what was like? Did, do, do you have? Because like, I have like two or three things that I'm just kind of like, like in my you lifetime, were I never would have expected.
0: And what you were doing? Um, my biggest thing that was a surprise was how difficult it was to get Mexican liquor and beer. Okay. Like, we literally could not, and we use it. Was it an import thing? Yeah, so Rochester wasn't a big enough market. So
2: it existed in the United States, you just couldn't get it to Rochester.
0: Yes, And, and honestly, in New York State, there's different liquor laws, so stuff can get sold in new york city that cannot get sold
1: upstate by the same companies so they get sold to a liquor store they can't get sold to
0: you right and you're like no i need that and i can't buy it without the bringing it to me and then sell it to you because then that's illegal which doesn't make any sense but whatever um going to lobby day on uh, the end of the month mm-hmm. so we'll talk about all this but um just like Dos Equis, right basic mexican beer sure and we use it in a bunch of
1: recipes and could not get it and they were like, you'd call and they'd be like, well, you're just not a high enough priority. Well, and allocations changed because of volume. Like, we're yeah. at bars and restaurants aren't selling the same as Wegmans. So Wegmans would get allocated for yeah more than we could just. There's... Like, yeah, that was for sale yesterday. You can't have it anymore. Yeah. Fine. Or to this day, they call us.
0: There's a couple of tequilas that we're huge fans of that we promote quite a bit because they're delicious and amazing and they have great business practices and we love everything about them. And mm-hmm. they're like, I have a case. Mm-hmm. And my bar said like, yes you yeah, because they know we want it. it's mm-hmm. like, no, I will take the whole case. i <laughs> like, you know,
2: we'll have another case. Like. Right. That's interesting. What about you? Did, was there anything that kind of like, I, I know you were kind of at the, the leading the charge for a lot of people, but you know, was there anything at, at, that stuck out to you that was like a a, a, a funny supply chain issue? A, fingerling. a funny service? Just okay.
1: fingerlings. And that was like a main thing. It was with all, most of our entrees. And then all of a sudden they're like, you know, we can't get fingerling. Like, why are there like I don't even understand what that means like <laughs> growth what's happening um, so that was I mean top we, chicken wings were huge for us yeah. we don't sell we'll sell them during football but like going back there like, If I don't need to right and we're still we're still doing okay um, how
2: are chicken wing prices this year because being out of the yeah. industry I didn't we actually know
1: know. lowered yeah. the prices on our chicken yeah, it's it's back to where they were. I before. just know, like
2: every year, you would always go into Super Bowl here. Chicken wing shortage. Yeah. They're a
1: hundred dollars a pound. Well, during yeah, during at the end of football and Super Bowl, there's it is impossible to get yeah. and they do double in price. But they're back to where they were before. i still still on deal. Right. I'm still on it's deal. Interesting. It's interesting. It's mm-hmm. interesting. But honestly, the
0: um, biggest because we're pretty we're able to pivot quite a bit, we're used to you know, being in the industry long enough to have to switch, you know, cuts of me or whatever it is to get what you need to get. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the amount of sick calls was, and it is still the hard thing. So we actually, um, had an extra three people on the schedule every single day mm-hmm. up until recently mm-hmm. when we finally started to pair back. Um, We're using a different plan of action to cover sick calls because it can't afford it. Sure. (laughs) But we, there was at least one person every single day that would call sick to work.
2: Yeah. And it's, you know, we're in a a spot as an employer where we want to encourage someone to stay home if they're sick. Correct. Right? We don't, not only do we not want you to be inconvenienced and uncomfortable, we don't want to spread it and and, and worsen (laughs) the problem. Right. So there's lots of different reasons, but oh, by the way, fuckery (laughs) causes us to have three extra people on staff, which we can't afford because now we're going to have to send three people home or keep them on. And those three people are planning on this as income for them to be able to live. Right. So. So we're we're trying to be understanding of living wage and
0: all it was of
1: this, right? The restaurant. Yeah, If <laughs> You're gonna be here, right? I <laughs> mean, right before COVID, or right before the pandemic, New York State, um, mandatory sick time came into play, and then COVID happens, and then there's COVID pay that you're legally responsible for up to three times per person, and it's just, it's a lot. And yeah, you want to do it, and it's the right thing, but then. People, and that's what people don't understand. When you're like, oh, this fucking sucks. Like I have no money. Because like, now I'm now paying people overtime to cover those. When I'm still paying them to be out. Mm-hmm. And if they're a server, you're having to pay what their tip wage would have been. So I'm not just paying the whatever the tip wage is or whatever their normal wage is. You're paying more than you would have paid them to be. it's just, well, and then when so you have employees that go past their 40
0: hours for the mm-hmm. year on um, their sick time, and then they're pissed, and they want to keep calling in, and they don't understand why they're not getting paid, and I'm like, you literally went over your 40 hours, and it hasn't even been 10 months. Right. Like, <laughs> like right. you don't understand how many times you've called in sick, right. because you got paid for all of them. Right. So it didn't really affect you. So there was no right. There and was, then the there rest was... of the team is so burnt out, which is why we ended up doing the extra staffing, because we were going to lose, and that's why we were able to not have a staffing issue throughout the pandemic, but... Because we were like, I can't afford to have you burn out and leave, mm-hmm. so I have to have extra people on so I don't get the downward spiral of the constant changing of the dots. Sure.
2: So to not use the P word, but to still switch directions, <laughs> uh, what is then, since we've kind of talked about like struggles, obstacles, things that we've had to figure out how to be created and overcome, mm-hmm. what are the things that you're looking forward to? about growing, because I'm assuming that you're both still in this business Mm -hmm. because you want to be, because you like it, because you want to grow your business. So like, what is the next thing that you want to grow in your, whether it's in Bossy, whether it's with either of the two locations, you know, what, what, what is next?
1: I've got a great team at the union. I've got an incredible manager. Yay, yay, yay. Amy. And she's really she's incredible and and our staff is smaller there we've we've cut back on on some of the i don't want to say fancier stuff but we've made a a menu that everybody can come in and cook and it's delicious and it's consistent and it's wonderful but it is it is a everything's really manageable right now so i'm looking forward to kind of spending more time with marshall street and kind of doing more events and catering and things like that and bossy we're really this is the year where We've taken it back. We had a group of people helping us, and we've kind of now thanked them and still lean on them, but we're, we've taken it back to just the two of us, and we've got huge plans, and we're going to do another chapter where we're supporting men and women, and we're going to – we have our podcast that's going to lead to a Netflix show, I believe. Like. <laughs> so we've got great things that we're going to do with that. And, and Kelly and I are – we're we're amazing, and I feel like there. This is just the beginning of what she and I are going to be able to do sure. in terms of helping the business community in general. And you don't get to just
2: skip past like your podcast
1: name of the podcast plug Getting it real with Bossy
0: on all of your favorite channels. Thank you
2: very much. <laughs> and uh, you also don't get to just skip past like something exciting like. A show on Netflix like oh, mm-hmm. oh well, we Joe so our like, have big plans. Yeah our
1: producer goes to these big like podcast conventions. Sure we're hopefully gonna go this summer and Netflix like places we'll like Netflix will be there and we'll be like pitch us your thing let us know what
0: you're doing. Maybe it can be like a short We can have Kevin coming on our improv um fringe Ooh. show. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah just ladies. Yeah. No, no we're, we're, <laughs> ladies, we're gonna ladies.
1: we're gonna be in fringe this year we yeah. Like oh yeah Excuse we're gonna do an improv show. Yeah. Sure. So you can you can circle back to yeah. your theater career. Yeah it'll I all believe. be like about business and people can shout out stuff that they think is true we
2: we'll, we'll tell you just
1: how <laughs> <they> are. <laughs> well that's yeah.
0: awesome. So, what about you? What what uh, we're still growing the Tacaria program. Um, uh, we have Where is two, the Tacaria located? Uh, the Tap first is in Greece in yep. the Tops Plaza currently. Um, we have worked our kinks out and it's moving ahead slowly mm-hmm. and amazingly. It's weird opening a business that is an existing business, but not an existing business. So it literally was just opening it's a business, just like, we, just, we just had the recipes on it, you know what I mean? Like It's still a brand new business. Sure. Um, so that was interesting. Uh, but we're continuing to look for opportunities to continue opening taquerias. Um, we have our site set on a few places. And just keep moving forward, right? Like. Mm-hmm just focus on, on what we do best which is why we ended up closing Knox. um we always hope that we can circle back and make something out of rice because it was an amazing program and the focus of good it's amazing. but life is what it is and, yep you
2: know. i love the idea of that program too and and how it, it, it incorporates both aspects of what you like with okay. the food and the Public service aspect of it. Yeah. So
0: it was such an amazing. the kids were amazing, and the public kept it from being fruitful. And we had to self fund, and we ran out of money, and it yeah. got to the point where if we kept going, we would lose everything else. And right. you
1: know.
2: well Here's to figuring something else out like that.
0: Yeah.
2: But you know, I appreciate you giving me some of your time. Um, it's been fun to kind of sit down and chat with you, number one, face-to-face, but also to, like, understand some of the stories uh, behind how you got here, behind who you are as as, as women, as business owners, and, uh, you know, you, you've meant a lot to me uh, at the time that I was open and, and was in, in operation, so um, appreciate you. I know you mean a lot to everybody else in the
1: too. I got to say, too, just when you were talking about what you're doing with the podcast and I remember like whether it was something about the restaurant association that i'd run in and they'd be like I'm sick and you were so busy because you're so doing everything but you were always like give me that like three minutes yeah but it was when you approached us about this i'm like yeah because i know you because i know you mm-hmm. but like it's in these little little bits of moments little snippets yeah so
2: you know and uh and it's it's interesting too because even in snippets that i did have to be able to give to people a lot of it i was drunk <laughs> And I just don't remember,
1: no.
2: <laughs> right? So uh, it's 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 fun for me in this uh, this uh, life of sobriety to, to kind of uh, get to know people as well. How long have you been
0: sober for?
2: Coming up on a year. That's
0: awesome. Yeah. I found during year. the pandemic that I drank less because I felt the same no matter what I did. There you go. Yeah. Uh, you know it's like, I feel like I'm coming off of being drunk or high all the time. Yeah. So, what's the point of actually being drunk or high? Which is like a super bad word. It's like everyone else is like extra indulging, and i was like, I'm practically sober. Like, I gave up. Like, I don't want to waste my money if I'm going to feel like this
1: anyway. Right. I love it.
2: I absolutely love it. But again, thanks for coming into the meeting. Thank you. Go to Selena's, go, to, go everywhere, go to March Street, go to Union, uh, and we'll see you next week. I don't even know who we're going to interview yet. i got a couple of people that uh, have reached out, and we'll, we'll see what it is, but Excellent. see you next time. Thanks, ladies. Thank you, Kevin.